Welcome back to another episode of Harlequin's Podcast. Two wins and four quarters. My name's Michael, and as always, after a long half term, I'm sat here with my cousin Will. How's things, mate? Yeah, really good. It's an absolute scorch down in southwest London today, so it's been like that all week, actually. I'm hoping we get more of the same this coming weekend against Newcastle, back at the stoop with fans, a bit of running rugby. Um, I hope the backroom staff are prepped with plenty of fluids because we want to make sure we don't pick up any injuries. It's going to be that kind of weather where that's yeah, the kind time. of thing that could happen. Yeah, big time. I mean, talking about hot weather, I spent a day in the dirt yesterday fielding after getting another duck for my, uh, my, my no, bigger guys. So you got another one. Now I'm horrendously out of touch. <laughs> horrendously out of touch. You're not even playing next weekend, are you? Because you're coming to no, the Newcastle game. No, I'm out game. next week. I'll, I'll, I'm out next week because obviously we're going to the game and then I'll probably yeah. get getting dropped. So, maybe, well, maybe that's what you need, mate. Maybe you need to come yeah. back in fresh, a bit of time away from the game, come back in, new mindset. Yeah, a few people have said that. Maybe it's a good thing. But who knows? <laughs> Just trying we'll to get rid of you. Mate, it's going horrendously badly. But we, we won in an unbelievably close game, so you take that. Yeah. Not, no, 10 out of 10. Shame I couldn't contribute, but there we go. Um, a few bits of news straight off the bat. 50,000 vaccinations at the Stoop. Huge. What an effort from the club that is. Yeah, that's massive, isn't it? That is massive. Um, yeah. I, I, I love how we're so sort of forward-thinking as a club. And I know we've talked about this before, but 50,000 vaccinations, that's huge. I actually saw Big Stoop across the road at Twickenham. They did like a really random last minute, quick, come and get a vaccine while you still get one. Doesn't matter how old yeah, you yeah. are. And I was this close to going and getting one, but I only had about three hours to get there. I saw videos of the queues um, and I just thought, I don't know if it's worth the, the journey over there. It probably so would have been. But I, I had mean, a few mates that had like appointments there and yeah. I only found out about it late in the day and I was reading well, all the stuff obviously because obviously we've got the Twitter for our stuff, which a lot of it is based around local sort of people in Twickenham in the area. Yeah. And I saw loads of people saying, oh, it's, it's from 2.30. And I saw someone say, that's from 3.30. You can walk in without this and that. And then it got to about half six, seven, because I was actually out about doing some stuff down the road. Um, I had a mate there who said he had he didn't have an appointment, got there about 7.30 and didn't get out of there for ages. I mean, look, that's but did he get one? Yeah, I think he did get ah, one, yeah. I see. Yeah, I know, see, which is why I was then disappointed by not going. Yeah, because they wrapped up at eight o'clock is what all the, the reports were saying. And I saw the news at sort of six and I thought, got two hours yeah. to get all the way over there, queue up. And the queue was ridiculously long. I just thought I'm not going to make yeah. it. Plus I was hungover and I thought there'll be another time. Yeah, just yeah. crossed it happens again. One thing I'm going to read here, and I'm, this, I'm literally just reading off the club website here, but the opening of the centre continues an outstanding history of collaboration between Harlequins and the NHS, with the club having hosted NHS blood and transplant blood plasma donations at the stadium throughout the COVID-19 situation. So, again, more forward-thinking stuff that's going on at the club. 50,000 vaccinations is an unbelievable effort. So, you know, well done to the team on that one. Yeah, huge. Love that. What else we got news-wise? Um... Lots of change in the Lions setup. Yeah. Um, fairly recently, we found out that Porter is out and Sinclair is in. Obviously, hugely gutting mm-hmm. as a player to, to get injured, but so good to see Sink in there. And I, I don't think it could have happened to to a, a better bloke to be called up in the way he has been. He should have been in from the start, in my opinion, but, but good to see him in. And then a huge game. I don't know if anybody's seen it, the, the Exeter-Northampton game, which which ended 29-26 to Exeter, having been 18-0 down at half-time. But there was, uh, we don't want to wish ill on anybody, but Dan Bigger has gone off injured. Sam Simmons has gone off injured. Dare we talk about Smith and Dombrant? <laughs> Probably not yet. Probably not yet. Bit of blue sky I would be devastated. I'd be devastated for Sam Simmons the way that oh, this I would be. has happened through the last year or so with him. And Dan Bigger. I think I would as well. And I like Finn Russell a lot. Um, mm. But I think I probably would start Dan Bigger. But yeah, I, yeah I, was, 
I'd be really, really flat if someone like Sam Simmons and I listened to his episode of um, Good Bad Rugby this week and like the way that his sort of year has gone and yeah. the way that he sort of got on that so I think it's really a really cool story and I hope I he agree. goes and I hope he does well yeah I agree as well completely agree with the damn bigger one he tends to be quite injury prone doesn't he and trying to figure out the, the pecking order for, for fly halves I'd probably assume on pedigree Johnny Sexton but I don't think he had anything and he's injury prone as well so yeah, I don't think well, you'd even get him for, for a full tour let alone if he gets called up late so no. I just think maybe a sheedy uh, I guess yeah I guess so I mean Joe Simmons Mm, these are two players that are very good players, but they haven't been mentioned at all, have they? For some reason, Marcus no. has been mentioned because he's that X-Factor player. Um, who knows? It, it probably won't even come to that. It's just fun to speculate, isn't it? The other piece of news I want to ask you about came to fruition today. Rumour has it, we're not going to change our coaching structure. We're not going to have a new director of rugby come in. It's going to be the same coaching setup, but they're going to look to bring in a defence coach. First question, thoughts on that? And second question, who would you like that defence coach to be if it does unfold this way? I mean, obviously, this is something that we've spoken about for a while. We've done unbelievably well to get to where we have got to this year, getting in the top four with the uncertainty around the time of Gustard leaving, um, you know, around, around the same time we started recording these episodes because we actually had you know, some real big dilemmas in the club to talk about. Um, and then obviously the performances followed that. I think if we're going to be... If we want to be an Exeter, if we want to be a Bristol, if we want to emulate the likes of a Saracens or a Leicester Tigers of that, that sort of period of their history, I believe that we need a man at the helm, a big name, a director of rugby, an overseer of everything, a Pat Lamb, a Rob Baxter, somebody like that. And you cannot you cannot underestimate the job that the, our coaches have done this year. Nev is you know, so good. He's a club legend in his own right as a player. Adam Jones, again, as a player, you know, they're brilliant and they have been for a long time. Jerry Flannery, again, you know, we read a lot on sort of social media and about things that he does. And he almost is like that sort of director in rugby, director of rugby and waiting. We've, we've mentioned him. So maybe he's now going to be a defence coach. I don't know whether that's his speciality. I know, he's, you know, managing the line out and how well has our set piece done this year. But I honestly believe that that next step for us is to get a big time director of rugby, head coach, whatever you want to call it. And let's go and challenge some of the bigger clubs in this league. But I think without it, maybe, maybe yeah. with, it's, it's the final piece of that little puzzle we need to take the next step to. Okay. So, so here's my next question. Uh, for the record, I agree with you. I do think yeah. you look at where we are in the league, we're in that top four. You look at our competitors around us, your sales sharks, your Bristol bears, your extra chiefs. They've all got these, these, true leaders at the top with a clear direction that they want their club to go in. You think about Alex Sarnison, you think about Rob Baxter, Pat Lamb. These these are all yeah. serial winners, right? Yeah. And I almost feel like because we have a group dynamic, it can almost have like a, a soft underbelly to us. Or we, we, we haven't got that accountability of a man at the top, which those other clubs do have. And, and that kind of trickles down into the coaching group and then your players have sort of there's a lot more on the line here. There's a lot more risk, I suppose, um, because there's people who are more accountable. So I agree with you. However, we are playing well. We're in the playoffs for the first time in seven years. We've got a great young squad who have got huge respect for our coaching group. It's working incredibly well so far. I really like the idea of a coaching group, shared responsibility. However, I, I also agree with the fact that you need that man who, who has that final say. 
Yeah. It appears to me that maybe we haven't found that man. And maybe we are, because that man isn't available, we could go very low key and, and get a, a director of rugby in who doesn't really excite anyone. I think there was a room of someone from the Stormers who I'd never heard of before. And it's like, <laughs> I'd much rather stick with the group we've got as opposed to bring in someone that's unproven or someone that doesn't really excite the fans because the current current coaching group, they know the DNA of the club. We're playing mm. how we like to play. And the only issue with the way we're playing at the minute is defence. So maybe the only solution we have is to bring in a defence coach and we, we keep operating the way we are. But I am with you. I would love to go back to the conversations we were having a couple of months ago. Razzy Erasmus, Scott Robertson, one yeah. of those to come in um, or of that ilk, which there aren't many of, to come in and take the club to new to new heights. However, it appears that that's not going to happen. So my alternative would be to, to stick with what we got and, and bring in a superstar defence coach who's going to shore us up. I mean, I, I wonder what Stuart Lancaster's livelihood's <laughs> like in Leinster and whether he's still up to the challenge over there. I never thought about it in that sort of sense. You know, maybe, maybe the club hasn't got the one they want. Yeah, I think that's... I would maybe view it that way. Is, yeah. And if you yeah. don't get the one you want and it's going okay as it is... Why would you why, force it with someone? Why would you waste the money on someone that you're not that, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I mean, I don't know how these things work, you know, in the in the ballrooms at Quinn's, five or six photos on a whiteboard with a red pen through them and all that kind of stuff. And they've <laughs> labelled them as one, two, three, four, Curious. five. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Cross them off, crossing people off. And maybe if they haven't got people, one of those top two names, yeah. maybe there's not an agreement that can be reached. Maybe it's coming from overseas. Maybe there's a COVID blocker in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as disappointing as that is, I think it's quite encouraging that the club have realised that and they're not going to to go down an avenue that perhaps they've been forced to go down. Actually, they mm. want to keep an element of control. Look, we haven't got the man we want. Let's not go and, and force something and, and fill a role for the sake of filling a role. Let's just yeah. work with what we've got and, and try and improve the areas that we need improving. We've identified that that's obviously defence. Let's plug that hole. We're going to have to restructure slightly because a lot of talk around the club has been that obviously Billy Millard, brilliant bloke, unbelievable general manager, having to sort of play that role of DOR kind of. And now he's almost like double hatting, doing two roles. So it's going to need a little bit of a restructure to, to support him, I'm sure. Um, mm. And perhaps bringing in that extra man to handle defence will, will ease the workload across every single coach. Um, and that's the way to progress. So in terms of defence coaches... Some of the bigger names, I don't think we'll get anyone like Sean Edwards, but he would be absolutely no. brilliant, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. You look to Leinster and Stuart Lancaster, who's been rumoured with the club on, on numerous occasions. Um, John Mitchell, ex-England defence coach. I think mm. he's ex now, isn't he? I think he's, he's moved on or he might he be the only one. Left, wasn't he? I think so. It's either that or he's one of the very few that have stayed. So yeah. he could be an interesting man to look at. I imagine he's not too far from, from South West London, given yeah. Twickenham and, and Penny Hill Park. Yeah. Don't know. I mean, this is the thing now. Like, I mean, you meant you, you text me during the week saying, Oh, if we had to an, an announcement coming, when would you want it to come? Like, in the sort of general scheme of yeah. things, I wouldn't want it to come before the end of the season. Mm. I'd like the focus to actually be on some top four rugby and see how, see how deep we can take it. I wouldn't want it, weirdly, I wouldn't want an announcement in the next two weeks because I think it might become a bit of a sideshow to actually us playing some playoff rugby. Exactly. And I've got a counter app for you now. So, I don't want an announcement if somebody new is coming in because then heads start to go in different places. And yeah. as you say, it's a distraction. Let the lads crack on until the end of the season and then we'll go again fresh from the new season when that person may come in. However, if they're going to stick with the current crop and that's the direction we're going to go in, lock them in now going into playoffs 
let the lads know these are the these are the lads, these are the coaches yeah. that you're going to be working with for the foreseeable. This is the structure now. Go and do your job because these are the ones you're looking at. These are the ones that you need to impress. So and yeah, I, that's they're, a, they're professionals. They do that anyway. But to get that clarity, yeah. a really interesting interview of Rob Baxter during his Exeter game just now. His players felt a little bit confused going into the game. They didn't know where they stood in the table, what all the different permutations were, and if this result happens, what happens here? And yeah. and then ultimately they got into the change room at halftime, 18 nil down, and they got loads of clarity because all of a sudden it just kept, became about, right, we need to score 19 points or we need to yeah. overturn this. And all of a sudden it, they had clarity of thought, real clear direction. Let's go out. Let's play our usual game plan and we'll turn it around and learn how they did. So yeah. as professional as you want to be, there are some things that creep into your head or... Um, you may not think it impacts your performance on the pitch, but it may not be about your performance on the pitch. It may be your preparation for your performance on the pitch. So uh, the only announcement I want to see before then would be that. Otherwise, I'd want it to be end of season, like you say. Yeah, I agree. No, it's there's some, there's some exciting news to come in the next few weeks, whenever it's going to come, isn't it? Whether we get some clarity on whether it's going to stay or whether we've got a new man coming in, there's going to be some you know big news in the club that's going to come out and, you know, it will depend on my mood a little bit in terms of how well we're doing the playoffs and whether we, you know, maybe if it is a new man, if, if if it's someone that really starts to excite you, maybe it won't, you know, for each individual. But I'm looking forward to just seeing what's going to happen in the next two or three weeks. Obviously, we've got a big game at home next week with some fans in and we're going to be there and I'm really excited for it. And then play of rugby, anything can happen. And then another little sort of quite exciting bit of news for us, um, Twickenham and Teddington residents, as of which I am one. Twickenham magazine, they come out one, once a month. Uh, we had a little feature on there this after, in this this month's episode, which Will wrote. It was really really cool. I've read it. Um, I'm actually have I don't actually know if they come through my letterbox. I've been looking through the cap flap every five minutes to see <laughs> if one's popped through, but I haven't been able to get my hands on one. But I did have a mate who obviously doesn't live too far away from me. But he must read it and he was flicking through and found the article and sent me a message, which was quite cool. Um, so I'm going to try and get my hands on a physical copy, which is we've got something for. But do you want to tell the tell the uh, do you want to tell the listeners just something about that for you? Yeah, Candy. So yeah, as Mike says, we were very lucky to to be able to feature in Twickenham and Teddington magazine. Um, just an intro to to the pod. We're conscious that we, we've got you, horrible lot, that listen to us every single week and we love you for it. And we want to make sure that the, the residents of Twickenham and, and Teddington can also come and listen to us ramble and, and talk a load of rubbish. So it was just a little intro to the pod, why we're here, how we started. Um, and we're going to look to set up a, a few more features. So keep an eye out on that coming through your letterbox if you live in, in Twickenham or Teddington, because you're going to see an awful lot more of us in there, which is great. Really excited for it. Yeah, class. Moving on to Cell Sharks then, a Friday night game, which we haven't had for a little while. Um, yeah. I guess the best place to start is, is with selection. What were your thoughts on that? Um, what were my thoughts on that? So obviously, we had a pretty interesting discussion on the last week and last week's episode about what who was going to get a rest, how long for, who might not even feature, all that kind of stuff. This selection reminded me a little bit about Ulster, but in the Ulster selection, we thought it was for the wrong reasons because actually we thought we might have had the chance to go through a European comp and you know get some silverware, but. I didn't have any arguments with it, really. Um, Friday nights away at Sale are tough anyway. They're tough enough after you've been battered around for three or four weeks previous, and then you've got a game at home, and then we've got some playoff rugby. Um, it was an interesting one, but there were some actually really cool stories in there. Luke Wallace back in the side. How good to see. We spoke about him last week. I was really, really pleased with that. Um, 
Oscar Beard on the wing. I don't yeah. know if you saw his, did you see his Instagram today? Yeah, yeah. And the Quinn's, so, Quinn's Instagram account as well. Yeah, the, really nice content. It, which is so, so cool. He's, you know, another Jack Cunningham story. He's obviously a kid that's got a real connection with the club. Um, there's again a fan, of a fan of the a club. A fan of the club, exactly. We love it. It. It, was, it was the same thing with Lewis Liner. You know, when he made his debut, that photo came out of him and um, his few of his mates, you know, playing at a Richmond yeah. under nines, whatever it was, tournament at the time. And Danny Kerr's the bloke, you know, standing behind, presenting the balls and giving out the medals. And then 10, 15 years later, you're playing alongside him, which is still gives me hope. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's things like that that I really enjoy in those sort of storylines story within it. Um, Tim Baxter as well. Bit. 19 Finn Baxter as well 19 year old premiership debut we've obviously seen him in Europe as well but to to get his prem debut away at sale um he's been billed for really big things in fact I can recall um a British and Irish Lions like under 20s team that was like a hypothetical thing that I saw on Twitter once by Alex Shaw who's quite a credible journalist and he included Finn Baxter as his prop for that so that's quite a a a big review for him isn't it The, the best prop in in the British and Irish yeah, contingent at his age. The other so. two ones, uh, the other two ones I was pleased to see. Obviously, friends of the show, Scott Steele, Lewis Liner back on the yeah. bench. Good to see them back in the game. Obviously, Lewis has been out for a while with injury. You know what's really weird about Lewis Liner is like he was on the bench and he came on. I was like, oh, Sam, we got Lewis Liner coming on. Like, good player. We know what he, know what he does. Know what he's about. He's still so young. Yeah. I was just like, it's because Oscar Beard came off. It's like, yeah, nineteen year old making. I think he's nineteen. Really young player making his debut, and all of a sudden Lewis Liner's the senior player coming off the bench. Yeah. It's like Quinns. We're exactly. we're a hell of a club, aren't we? So yeah, and even guys like Hugh Tizard, who we've seen a reasonable amount this year. Him and George Hammond are two fairly promising locks that have been through the club and have played a lot of international junior rugby together. That was promising. But yeah, I mean, you talk, you look at the overall sort of squad and the selection of it. I didn't have any issues because I know that it was for the right reasons this week. Mm. I'd, I'd be disappointed almost if we'd have gone up there with a full strength squad, maybe got beat and had some real battered and bruised bodies after it and you know, set out a physical side. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It would have been a bit of an ego hit if we went out, played full strength, lost and maybe picked up a few knocks or a few issues. Mm. Um, but I think that's a really negative way of thinking. And I think when you go into playoffs, that's not not the attitude to have. But I don't think that's why we did it. I think we did it in terms of, it's been a really weird season. You, you've got to manage your bodies. Um, I was really conflicted about it. I know last week I was saying we've, we've made the complete right decision. And I stand by that. We've definitely made the right decision. But I just can't help but feel so frustrated and rattled when we're watching our boys get pumped. Yeah, I, like, I saw plenty of chatter on on Twitter about it after the game, and I, I tweeted just saying, "Right, park it, move on, done yeah. with it, next job." And I stand by that, and it's fine. We went up there, we we rotated our team a little bit, got some much needed game time into players that weren't getting game time. We rested our our superstars who could have done with a rest, ready for the final run in at least two games now to, to fully commit and hopefully they come in fresh. And that's the right decision. But the, the main conversation on Twitter was that it just highlights the lack of depth we have. And you look at the other teams around us in the playoffs and the fact that Sale also made nine changes and look how strong they were. I mean, albeit they probably were rested, not rested a few, they had a few coming back from injury. And actually, when you say changes, it assumes that you put in like a, a second rate player. Um, but actually that wasn't the case with Sale but still they're able to rotate their team just as much and and put in a performance like that so that's the only concern I have Sorry, I'm going to quickly jump in there is it is it that we haven't got depth or is it that we've made pretty much 
I'm just going for the lineup now. Even even with the positional change of the march moving back to the centre, Steph and Lord have stayed. People off the bench. We've made about you know 11, 12, 13 almost changes. Is that a worry of depth, or is that just of the fact that when you make those wholesale changes, and also we had the same conversation about this at the Ulster game. These are guys that haven't had any Prem Cup rugby this year. There's been yeah. A League. There's been this. There's been that. They haven't had that volume of time. It's the same for every club, though. And yeah. I mean, every club in the league will have made wholesale changes at some point. They don't get romped 47-12. So I, I mean. Those players, if they if you swap them in one in one out in our regular fifteen, they'd be absolutely fine, um, and people will classify that as depth. But sometimes you do need to rotate a, a big amount of your squad, and you should still be expected to do the job. And maybe that's not on the players. Maybe that's why we need that director of rugby, like an Alex Sanson, Pat Lamb, Rob Baxter, who have got this culture. They've got this identity for their team. Every man who comes in knows their job, and they're so sort of they squeeze a game. They know how to play. And maybe we lack that. And maybe it's not the fact that we lack depth. Maybe it's the, the thing that we lack direction. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, it completely triggered me as well because I don't like Sale as a team. They've got some horrible players. No, I don't really like Sale. Alex Anderson is set on making yeah. a, a rivalry out of Quinns and Sale. It's like, we, we don't care about Sale, Alex. Just part that, move on. <laughs> You're done with Saris now. Like We might see you in the final, who knows? But <laughs> you just... I saw, you, I saw that. I was on the on training... Yourself. I was on the train into, into Clapham on whenever it was Wednesday or something. I had a Metro in my hand and I was just going to the back, reading the back pages. And there was that little article. And obviously we've it's come out this week that yeah. Alex Anderson, they're not very gracious in victory. We felt that down there, and it's always nice to put a bit of animosity, inject a bit into that north-south divide. I'm like, really? Like, I'm off it. Just, we're not interested. Yeah, I, I they were, to be I, fair, when they came to the stoop, they were nasty. So when we managed to get the win, I was like, yeah, have some of that. You deserve yeah, it. Yeah, for that. sure. If you're going to come down. I think it was on Marcus Smith when um, he went to make a tackle on a sale player on our line and they got over and they, they were celebrating. They were getting into him. A bit like John Affair when um, Bristol won that scrum. He was yeah. all over Richard Wigglesworth, like bumping into him, giving it the bigger. And it's like, come on, lads, that's such a bad look for the game. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why we, whenever that final whistle went, we probably gave it a little bit more than we would have done. But yeah, I, yeah, I just think ugh, Sale wasn't a rivalry for us. I love going up to Sale. Manchester away. It's, again, it's not one I've, it's not one I've done. And again, we even looked. We, we even looked. There were some general, general seats available. Just yeah, on yeah. General, general ticket no, sale, but there's no rivalry with us and sale. I mean, no. Uh, Northerners are brilliant. I love going up, and I've got plenty of Northern mates. So they're top fun. Uh, and then yeah. going up to Manchester for a night out. Like I love sale away. I love, I love it when we play yeah. sale. Just some of the players they've got are just a little bit nasty. And head coach another point. I've got something out of nothing uh, was a bit meh. Yeah, I know. I agree. I've got another quick point for you on that. Um, I'm reading our injury list now. So the minute unavailable selection, obviously Andre and Brownie are both suspended. Murley, Chisholm, mm. um, Jordan Ells, who's played a lot off the bench this year. Nathan Earl, Paul Ezeke, Will Evans. No, even what what happened to Nathan Earl? I was sure I he was going to start. And actually, you know who we missed? Um, people talk about Kerr not playing, Marlon not playing, Smith not playing. I think the players we missed was sort of our, our bigger brutes, like our Simo. The general yeah. in the second row. I think he's a player we missed. And Wilco Lowe, maybe for his South African connections, but he's just a lump mm. in the front row. We got dominated at set-piece time. We got yeah, bullied we did, in yeah. the pack. Um, someone like a Chiz as well, playing at six. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I said, um, we've got Archie White and Tom Lorde playing as well. It might be quite nice to to give them a, a bit of a rest or at least get Chiz in at six for this game in particular and then give one of the others a go next week. And 
it would have been good to see him. I'm assuming he's still got a knock. Lurley, we know he got injured a couple of weeks ago. I don't know the time frame on that one. Um, I'm not sure he was a massive miss in this one. It felt like one of those sort of bullish games and maybe yeah. a, a Nathan Earl would have been a good pick again, like we said, for the Tigers game. So we did miss our more physical players, our lumps, so to speak. Um, someone like an Andre as well. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to bang on about him too much because I know he's gone for the rest of the season, but... Yeah. Players well, like Simo and Wilco. I think he's available should we get to the final. I saw that somewhere. I didn't think he was, but maybe yeah, I've done my maths wrong. Um, yeah. God, that would be a real boost. <laughs> Imagine being oh. back on. Imagine going away. I've got a feeling we'll be Bristol because I can't see Bristol slipping up against London Irish. But imagine going away to Bristol, Ashton Gate. It could be a Friday night semi-final. Doing a job on them. And then yeah. final at Twickers with Andre back at 12. I, I, don't I would love as well. But- I'd love that little Friday night against Bristol. That'd be class. Leave work early on the Friday if I can sweet talk my boss enough to let me shoot off quickly. Yeah. What's, think, the, what's the drive down to Bristol from a coach somewhere? Two and a bit hours? Yeah, I, I did check coaches. You can get a return coach from London for £12. £12? I mean, that's, 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 that's a bargain. It was a 150 quid return on the train to sell. To sell, yeah, which is why we weren't there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> take yeah. out a mortgage. Imagine no. if, they, I mean, maybe the traffic of killers. Imagine if we left, where's the bus from? Victoria Station, I presume? Yeah, Victoria Waterloo, something like that. Something like that. I reckon, maybe I'm showing my naivety here, maybe three hours, three and a bit. If we left there at four, you get there at seven. Just yeah, kick oh, off. I'll probably take a half day or something. I know you can't yeah, do that yeah. as a teacher, but... No, I just call, call it sick in the afternoon. Bristol away would be absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, be especially after watching them against Leicester, they they were rattled. I've never seen yeah. Bristol so rattled. And I think they've got that in them. They're inexperienced in playoff rugby, as are we. But I mean... Yeah. You've got to pick someone to play against, and yeah, I'd no, quite fancy to to rattle us or rattle Bristol up a little bit and set peace. Ellis Genge was dominant. I mean, I bet Joe Marler to do a job as well. <laughs> so. a, few, a few people have asked me this. Like a few people have said, "Who'd you rather play? In, who'd you rather play in the playoffs?" And I've said relentlessly, "I've said Bristol." You even look at how Exeter came back today. Nineteen what was it? Eighteen, nineteen, nil down at half time. Yeah, they just win. They just win games. But also, they, they, they they showed they vulnerability. Win. They showed vulnerability as well. I wouldn't mind playing them. Um, we've got to play one of them and if you want to win the league you've got to beat everyone so I think yeah. our best chance is probably Bristol because I just think they're a little bit more susceptible to to get under their skin but also and we went very very a... close twice this year well not twice we got exactly and it's attack first. versus attack so I feel like it's a bit more fight fire with fire whereas X is a little bit more you need we probably need an extra element to our game that we haven't got um, particularly down away at, this, at the Chiefs in a cup final at Twickenham. Maybe I fancy us to do something a bit special, but I think you've got to fight fire with fire and it's attack versus attack with Bristol. So we saw Sale do a job on them. We saw mm. Leicester nearly do a job on them. Yeah. Um, we'll see. One player I want to ask you about, um, you tweeted in the game, Will Edwards. Yeah. Will Edwards. Quite. I wrote him off. I, I've written him off all season because A, we haven't seen much of him. B, I didn't actually know what position he played. Really, I knew. He was I mean, I knew he was. Somewhere. I knew he was playing in the midfield somewhere. But again, I'll yeah. hold my hands up straight away. And just, I just didn't know a lot about him. You know, he, he, he didn't play. He was totally up against it. Threw yeah. in a ten last minute against Sale. Um, obviously, he was going to get targeted. And uh, he's electric. He reminds yeah. me of Ollie Lindsay Haig. I'm not sure tens <laughs> yeah. position because I think, and maybe this is me being unfair again. But as a sevens player coming into fifteens, you, you sort of need to rewire your brain a little bit. And yeah. you can see by the way he plays, he's sort of goose stepping everywhere, agile, electric. He's still he very much a sevens player. He's still very much a sevens player. He was um, actually gliding through for that try, wasn't he? Very, yeah. very easy mover. Team GB could do a lot worse than pick him for for the Olympics, mm. that's for sure. I don't actually know who who else is in their squad, but um, I know Richard DiCarpentier went as well, didn't he? So yeah. that's why he's no longer with us. But no, I um I enjoyed watching him. I I could see him on the wing in the same way that we see Will Muir at Bath or 
I know Irish have got sort of your, your Ben Lode, isn't it? Ollie Hassel Collins, who I think have had some sevens involvement. So wing and obviously Rory McConaughey at Bath. So yeah. wings kind of like a natural home for them, but I think he'd probably do a job at 15 and kind of that maybe a Jason Robinson kind of mould or like a, yeah. a Willie LaRue, Cheslin Colby kind of player. So oh, I think Speaking he's good. Of, I, I hope he sticks about for a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of Willie LaRue and Cheslin Colby, have you seen the South African squad? I have, and we didn't like get a single lady. Quinns player in that either. I know. I was a bit like... I, I, I thought I thought Andre and Wilco, maybe not so much Tyron Green, I thought Andre and Wilco might yeah. have had a sniff. Yeah, I, I mean, they, especially they've Andre. Serious, they've got some serious depth in that squad. When we talk about yeah. depth, bloody hell, they look good. But They do, yeah. 46-man squad as well. I'd like to have thought they could have squeezed into that. The only reason <laughs> I can think they might not have is because Andre susceptible to a, an infringement. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know how his ban works. I mean, if we get knocked out in the semifinals, he's still going to miss a game. So does he miss a Georgia game and then becomes available? Or does that not count? Is that friendly? Does that even count as a test? And does that rule him out that way? So I don't know about all these different sort of um, yeah. um, permutations or whatever. But Wilco, again, it doesn't set the world alight, does he? But he's a top quality player. I, w- I would have thought maybe he would have made the squad, but my knowledge of South African props isn't isn't great. I know, obviously, Vincent Cock and Coba, World Cup winners. So, I'll tell you who was in there that we've spoken about a lot. Malcolm Marks was in there. Yeah, yeah. Should we, should we start DMing him on Twitter? Say, Malcolm, I'll tell you South African. Yeah, this let's, year to let's start. start Maybe we should write a song for him because we have been writing songs all week for Here some of our go. players. Because we're going to be back <laughs> in the stoop for a men's game for the first time in over twelve months. So me and you haven't actually been to a game together in, uh, I don't even know how long. Oh, many, many, many years. Many um, years. I mean, we we went, I mean, I bumped into you, we used to bump into each other there, but we never actually went together. Um, speaking of bumping into, I bumped into you in Clapham on Wednesday night. <laughs> how funny was that? Just for reference. So this, this, is quite, yeah. this is quite a funny story. Yeah. So we actually haven't seen each other in the flesh really since we started doing this a through work and all this other you know nonsense that's going on yeah and when it's long overdue and i was walking back i'm on half time at the minute i had let, i was letting my hair down this is what I'm myself i was walking back from my mate's house in clapham which i knew is around the corner from not too far where he lives and i'm trying to get an uber back to clapham junction station to quickly sneak on the beer in before the trains go and i'm walking past and all i hear is that's my cousin i turn around and you're having dinner on the table oh <laughs> So fun. but it's weird because i'm almost like desensitized to seeing people because i've seen you every week on, i know on team so i saw you i was like on teams on zoom, on zoom. so i saw you and i was like hi it's my cousin yeah <laughs> went and said hello anyway we're getting sidetracked we are. um talking about songs because we're back in for newcastle it's only <laughs> going to be me and you like sitting next to each other because of covid so there'll probably be a little gap so i'm hoping we get yeah. put around sort of a rowdy group because my creative flair no, I haven't ordered the new hair. We're going to sing, mate. We're going to sing. Yeah, cool. I've got a few songs. Actually, I need to open my notes because there's quite a few. We want to run them by listeners <laughs> today. Can, should we, maybe we should create a poll on Twitter. And see oh, we yeah. Let's, let's, let's make a Twitter poll. Let's make a Twitter poll. Okay. We'll do <laughs> one here first and then we'll say, look, go yeah. see the clip. Um, oh, I've got quite a lot. I've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12. I've got 12. You've got 12 songs. I've got 12 songs. I'm only going to. What gonna... are you doing at work this week? <laughs> I was. Um, I'm quite lucky. I get to be quite creative at work sometimes, doing like copywriting and things like that. And I thought, yeah. you know what? I've just and had an just, idea. The creative juices are flowing. And as soon as I'd written one song, I was like, right, we've got 14 other players on the pitch. Who else can we do? <laughs> Go. 
What have we got? My <laughs> Tony, Tony Jordan, the voice notes you're sending me throughout the week. Yeah, yeah I was voice noting Michael, me singing all of these songs and thinking, could we get this to work at the stoop? So I've got one, and I hope he he won't start because I think Danny Gale will start, but Martin Landajo. So, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! So when you did this, when Martin Landajo ran in, ran in and scored, I was, I was. If I was at sale, that, I'd have been singing that. I singing it. Yeah, yeah. So to the tune of Mrs. Robinson. Here's to you, Martin Landaho. The stoop loves you way more than you will know. Ooh, oh. <laughs> I quite like that. And he went running in. I was like, come on, Martin. Yeah. Um, so that's one of them. I think I even voice noted you back after we scored because obviously, no, earlier in the game, we go under the sticks and score. And I, was, I remember voice noting, here's to you, Martin Landaho. <laughs> oh, what have we got? Um, Tyrone Green, he's going to play. Let's get this one out there. Tyrone Green, I bet you think this song is about you. Tyrone Green, I bet you think this song is about you. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> um, so that, you, that one's to the tune of You're So Vain, and that was inspired yeah, so I, by I had Barbie to do a Army research. Cricket. I had to do a bit of research on that one because I didn't know the tune off by heart or I didn't know it obviously just by saying it. And then I hear it. I can just imagine me and you. Tyrone <laughs> Green. And then right there. Tyrone Green. It is. It is. That one was inspired by the Barmy Army and their song for Mason Crane. Mason yeah. Crane. <laughs> no, 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 That's a good one. I'm going to finish side, off. Little side plug on Mason Crane, but the humble brag played a bit of cricket with him. Nice. I'm going to finish off with one that we absolutely loved and it's never going to get sung at the stoop unless our friends in the comms team decide to play Flow Rider low. Oh um, my God. This <laughs> I don't know if you can guess who this one's about. Ready? So this one, <laughs> I'm going to put a little sign up to it. This one, it, it's a grower. It grows on you because it, oh, it yeah. doesn't pop, but it's a grower and it is very, very funny. Once you finish you know. listening to this episode, please go and stick on Flow Rider low and try and not yeah. laugh at the chorus. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> Apple so ready, bottom yeah. jeans, boots with the fur. The whole club was looking at her. He hit the scrum, he hit the scrum. Next thing you know, we'll go low, 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 low. <laughs> we so love it. I've got so many more. I've got so many more. Um, maybe we'll, we'll create, maybe I fear we'll everyone's, yeah, I fear everyone's tuned out now. So yeah, probably. maybe we should talk about the, something else. The only one I had, because I... I sort of jumped on the back of this, but I'm not the most musically inclined, but I was trying to think of um, like sort of famous football chants that are like... Yes, like, I've got a few the, um, Like the the tune that everyone knows. And I've got a quite... Ridiculous, you know, obviously, everyone, as everyone does, I've got loads of lead mates that are big Liverpool fans. Um, and I actually did watch the um, Red Fury documentary, I think it was on Sky, about their... This, then this season, which that's really good, they like Jürgen Klopp stuff in there, which I think was really cool. Yeah, um, and it was the Virgil Van Dyke song, and it's when I've seen it on social media when uh, Jamie Carragher's in the bar and he's got a pie in his hand and like he's Virgil Van Dyke, <laughs> and I was trying to. I think I think it's a really good tune. What have you and got for me? Mix it in. So I was like, <laughs> it's about Alex Dombram. Okay, it doesn't quite work, and there's a little bit, of, there's a little side <laughs> there. Not I'll do, I'll do my Alex Dombram one afterwards, and maybe this can be the poll. Yeah, on, you, you go song. first. You go first. He's a super bloke. And I can't do it without the Liverpool accent. He's right, a on. super bloke. And he can't ignore. Watch him defend. And we watch him score. He'll charge about while we sing and rant. He's Alex Dombrand. He's Alex Dombrand. <laughs> <laughs> nice, really nice. enjoyed that. Mine takes a slightly more 
slower tone. This is <laughs> this is to this is to the tune of Hallelujah. <laughs> I heard there was a special eight that Alex played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for praise much, do you? He scores like this, the fourth, the fifth, the front foot ball and the line out lifts. The mighty Quinn imposing Alex Dombrandt. Alex Dombrandt. So good. Alex Dombrandt. And that's enough. enough. I'm sure that everyone's turned out of this. That that, (laughs) that occupied a bit of our time this week. We'll uh, we'll create some sort of social media poll and see. I think this is my favourite episode ever. I'm just doing karaoke. Yeah, well, oh, <laughs> sometimes you've got to entertain yourself, haven't you? No one else will. Anyway, <laughs> come on and wrap this up, mate. Wrap this yeah, up. let's wrap this up. Anyway, we will put something out on social media about those sort of songs. And if you've actually, you know, been tone deaf enough to listen to this all the way through, then maybe you can go and uh, go and vote on it. So while we're here, we'll quickly plug the socials at Harlequin's Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Get in touch with us. Send us anything you want. Send us some. Send us some of your own songs. If you've got some of your own songs you've come up with, obviously you know we've got the classic ones, Mighty Quinn, etc. But if you've got some of your own, then you know throw them in there. And we will be at the Stoop on Saturday, and I genuinely cannot wait to get back in there. I hope the weather's going to be hot. I will probably have a beer in my hand, and I will say it's very, very quickly. If any of you that are listening to this have enjoyed the stuff that me and Will have done over the past however many moons and it feels like a long time now, but it actually isn't. If you bump into the ground, please say hello. We'd love to see you. We'd love to hear from you. That'd be really cool for us. So, Will, bloody good work, mate. I'll be in touch this week, mate, and we'll get in the studio and we'll get that place rocking. Get practicing your singing. Will do, mate. Take care, everyone. Cheers, mate. <laughs>